0: They called a hunter who uh, would shut down the domino.
1: No, he didn't. He shut the sparrow. He said the domino. It's Friday, April the 26th, and this is the Dutch News Podcast, your weekly chance to catch up with what's been going on here in the Netherlands. I'm Gordon Darroch, Dutch News Contributing Editor and Golden Age Bitcoin Miner, and with me today is Paul Peters, Master's Student in Civil Engineering, Taxi Driver and dominomus Book Chronicler. Our third regular co-host, Molly Quell, can't be with us this week because she's gone chasing the sun in Spain, although it wisely seems to have been avoiding her. <laughs> Is it? Well, I think so. I've seen a few people who've gone to Spain this week because of obviously it's school holiday, so lots of families have gone down to Spain. Yeah. They're all complaining it's been raining, although I think the weather's picked up. Yeah, but she's in
0: Ibiza, so that might be uh, different weather than inland that Spain. It could
1: be. Well, no, uh, um, uh, my relatives have gone to Mallorca and uh, that's uh, been quite grey and overcast, although uh, I think they said it was getting better um, during the week. So okay, unfortunately cares. for her. Well, she's back tomorrow and it's going to be raining here as well tomorrow. <laughs> oh, is it? Well, oh, so, yeah. the, the rain is just following her. Yes, uh, okay. seemingly. Yeah. And uh you've got uh, news of one of our all-time favorite stories, I believe. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's the mother of all Ophefs, I think. Yes. And uh, I was just wondering last week, it's about
0: the Domino Miss. We talked about it many times uh, on the podcast. Um And I was thinking, how did Ophef emerge when there was no Twitter?
1: Yes. Because That's this true. was in two thousand five, I yeah. think. And this happened just as a quick recap, remind us what happened with the domino mist. <laughs> oh god, what happened.
0: So every year um in the Netherlands it, it stopped quite a number of years ago. I don't understand why. We still don't understand why, but every year there was this big event where they would topple down a world record of dominoes yes. every year and would yeah. broadcast live uh, in the Netherlands and also in six other countries uh, around the world back in 2005 this event was uh, was uh, threatened by a sparrow yeah. which flew into the enormous hallway where they set up all the dominoes mm-hmm. so yeah obviously this, this sparrow will knock down some sort of, you know, a, a large amount of dominoes. Yeah. And people were thinking, we have to prevent this because we spend, we just spent <laughs> months and months of setting up ses- yeah. six million of these dominoes. And so they uh, called a hunter who was brought in to shut the, the sparrow, the domino <laughs> mm-hmm. And this fact that, you know, they killed this little
1: bird, it was was just, in, it caused enormous It caused op-eph. enormous, I mean, huge op Huge yes. opeth Yeah, the and the sparrow, of course, has become an exhibit in uh, our favorite, the podcast's favorite museum, which is the... Natural mm-hmm. History Museum yeah. in Rotterdam, yeah. where they uh, have an exhibition of uh, dead
0: animals uh, in the news. So yeah, uh, the history. They, they said, yeah, so you can uh, vi- still visit the Dominomas. Yeah. But um, it was revealed that the hunter who shot the, the sparrow uh, still receives death threats, because he did this. (laughs) And at the time, I mean, it was major op people do all sorts of weird things, okay? You can understand that people will be mad and angry and send some letters to him, but still...
1: You know, 14 years after... Some people still haven't moved on from the death of the Dominomus. They yeah,
0: haven't got over it. Yeah, yeah. I haven't... I haven't uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, we haven't gone over it. We haven't seen death threats <laughs> No, either, no, that's true. Either then or yeah. now. But this is one of these nostalgic uphefs. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, when you think of uh, what was really big, but what was really unimportant, <laughs> uh, it was the Dominomus for sure. And the other thing was the lead. Definitely, oh, yes. which yeah. uh, has to do with uh, with uh, King's Day, yeah. uh, which we will talk about later uh, after the break. Um, yeah, but yeah, th- so that's uh, that's why
1: I'm the uh, Domino Mas uh, book chronicler, <laughs> yes. I think. So you added yeah. another chapter to the story of the Domino Mas then. Another Yes. Which will go on. It's, it's almost as big as Fred Taven's Big <laughs> Book of Bonnages. Yeah, 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 indeed. Yeah. Which also started in 2005, now I come to think of it. So <laughs> it it's, is, all, it's, it's all connected. Yeah, it's all coming together. Oh, everything always comes back to Fred Taven in Dutch <laughs> public life, I find. Yeah. Um, and
0: uh, Gordon, you are a golden age Bitcoin
1: miner. What's that about? Yeah, I need to explain this a little bit. But um, I have uh, t- uh, window boxes outside, or in the street, just outside my um, my my house. And uh, I noticed that, um, and I planted tulips in them, and the tulips came up this year. And I noticed that the the um, the bulbs were had a sort of slightly kind of frilly effect around. I thought this is quite exciting. I wondered, and I <laughs> you were excited. I was actually excited tulip. what was going to because I had a sense of what was going to happen. And sure enough. The thing happened I expected, which was when it opened up, the tulips were striped. And then the oh. stripy tulips in the famous tulip bubble, the original speculative bubble investment oh. in sixteen thirty six, the stripy tulips were the ones that people sold for an absolute fortune. Yeah. So I was quite excited by this. It, it's turned out now, and nobody knew why this ha- why this effect happened. And so it was it happened more or less at random. And so if you ha- if you got a stripy tulip, you know you could sell it in this brief period before the whole thing crashed. You could, you could sell it for an absolute um huge huge amount of money yeah or, the, uh, the, the they were more
0: valuable than some uh,
1: amsterdam canal houses yes. uh, yeah yeah, so tulip, yeah, and an individual tulip in those days. I mean, we, we, we now have, of course, the whole field sort of tulips, the coconut. But back then, an individual tulip bulb was so rare yeah. that it was uh, worth an enormous amount of money, just a regular tulip. And then these stripy ones were worth even more. And the whole thing kind of did it us. It's been discovered since, I think, only in about the last 100 years, that the striped effect was caused by a virus. <laughs> so it's actually an infection. And that, that's why they couldn't cultivate them, because they did not, obviously didn't understand how uh, viruses okay. worked in those days. But does this mean that you have um, uh, uh, tulips with and our diseased tulips, Yes, they oh. are basically virus. It, it's called benign mosaic virus, uh, as, as I was looking it up this week. Oh, okay. I, I don't, don't pretend to know a lot about gardening. <laughs> but this virus, uh, it does give this kind of stripy or speckled effect. Um, can Which also looks beautiful. But it looks beautiful, yeah. but it does mean the bulbs will slowly degenerate now. Yeah, so every year they come sad. back, they'll, 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 and you can see actually that they don't stand up quite as tall or straight as my regular tulips. Hmm. But they look they look very pretty and frilly, so, okay. and hopefully they'll, they'll still be good for another year or so. Yeah, and hopefully you will be able to shell them for the and price maybe. I'll be able to sell and an, Canal House. Indeed, yeah. Who knows? And um, yeah, we have some uh, some some updates regarding our Patreon. Yes, uh, this is. Uh, we, just, we should give some a shout out to our, our latest patrons uh, who've backed us on Patreon. First up is uh, Jacob Spheres, who's from Ottawa in Canada, although his hometown is London in Ontario. London is on a river called the Thames, and both were named by a rather unimaginative British army general <laughs> and colonial governor called John Graves Simcoe. You um, looked this up as well. I looked this up. Yeah, well, we're always Wikipedia, correct. people's hometowns, when they back us on Patreon. Yeah. Um, mercifully, that's where the current comparisons end. There's no Theresa May and Jeremy Corbyn look alike, stabbing each other with blunt scissors. <laughs> um, Jacob tells us that as a Dutch Canadian, he usually goes by the name of Jacob, but he actually prefers the Dutch pronunciation. He also yeah. said he doesn't have any questions for us, but, quote, just give yourselves a pat on the back for a great podcast. So thanks once again to you. Thank you very much, uh,
0: Jacob. Yeah. I, I'm also curious how his uh, last name is Vies, is, uh, is pronounced in, in Canada. Yes. Because I think it's very hard to pronounce for non-Dutch speaking yeah, people. Yeah, I think
1: that, that ZW combination doesn't really work in English. So no. I wonder what people do. No. Yeah, they do, so, uh, so, so Jacob, tra- if you are listening, uh, please uh, answer this question. <laughs> we <don't really laughs> yes, curious. we've got a question for you. You don't yeah, have a question yeah, for us, but we're curious now about how they pronounce your name in Canada. <laughs> yes, and there are some more patrons, right? Uh, yes, thanks as well to William. Um, we, we don't have any more information about William, but thank you for your support. And to Zoltan Pexerli. And to Kelly Merks, who's a friend of ours on Twitter and the brains behind the We Are Expats account, uh, which is run by a different person every week. Uh, drop her a line at, at Flannery. Put a link in our line of notes <laughs> uh, rather than spell it out, if you want to turn up the controls. And if you want to back the Dutch News podcast yourself and have your name mentioned here, like these fine people, uh, it's far more prestigious a place than Max Verstappen's cap, <laughs> then go to patreon.com slash Dutch News NL. Yeah, and you might uh, be able to... We, we will send you uh, one of these deceased tulips. Uh, we'll we will send hurt. you, yes, we'll send yeah. you a stripy tulip. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And that brings us around to many listeners' favourite uh, item of the podcast, which is the op of the week. So what's this week's Op-Hef, Paul?
0: Yeah, this week is about your favourite uh, MP.
1: Ah, yes. Dion, a, Graus. Dion Graus. Dion yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah.
0: The, uh, your worst nightmare, I imagine. In many ways he is, yes. In many ways <laughs> <Yeah>. he is. <laughs> yes. Well, Graus has been the centerpiece of a lot of scandals, uh, ranging from alleged domestic violence and forced prostitution, but uh, there were so many other. There are. Perhaps. There's a whole book of uh, Dion yeah, Graus you can, scandals. You can write yeah. a book about him. But yeah. this time, Volkskrant newspaper and current affairs program Eén van Daag revealed that Graus might have been taking advantage of a residence compensation for MPs living far away from The Hague. According to official documents, Kraus has been living with his mother in Heerle for the past years, receiving 24,000 euros of compensation a year. However, neighbors say they never see him in the Limburg town, and in reality, Graus is probably living in Leitzendam Voorburg, only 11 kilometers away from the Binnenhof. Mm. When asked to respond, Graus denied the allegations and in an unreal rant started <laughs> to blame a conspiracy of his ex-wife's
1: wife wives, or, wives. or wives? I'm yeah, not sure. I'm not sure about that.
0: Yeah. Um, but it, one of his ex- at least one of his <laughs> yes. ex-wives, uh, the media and the anti-terrorist coordinator for the row. So does
1: he think his, his ex-wife has won off with the anti-terrorism coordinator <laughs> or how does this work? Yeah. I'm not sure if, the, if, if they are
0: romantically involved if <laughs> that is what he's claiming, but at least he claims that there was a conspiracy somehow yeah. and also with the media. Uh, PVV leader Wilder said he has no reason to doubt Kraus and said he stands behind him. And I also love that House uh, demanded clarification of the upheav. Yes, this him. is
1: great. Was it? I saw that. This is my favorite bit of the story as well. That he actually demanded a kind of inquiry into his own expenses. Yeah. Yes. Because <laughs> really he was, he wasn't. He couldn't work it out himself. He needs. He needs Parliament. <laughs> he to, didn't understand He needs Parliament it. to yeah. tell him whether or not he has. He's actually living in Limburg. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, but but there. But there is an estimation. Uh, it's estimated that over thirty
0: MPs uh, receive similar compensation, and it's. Yeah, unclear whether or not they are living, where they're staying. I mean, I understand that yeah. if you live in Heerle or in Limburg, that you have a little apartment or some sort of uh, rental place yeah. in The Hague. For You know, very often MPs have to uh, work at night or late, yeah, in, sure. late at night. Yeah. So I understand that they have some sort of arrangement. But yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a little bit vague when you are... Uh, when when you yeah. when you can receive this or not. So, yeah, it b- might need stricter rules. I think they're going to need to tighten up the rules. Uh, yeah. As I
1: understand, there's kind of two funding streams, aren't there? There's one for... Um, if you have to stay in the Hague overnight, so you say you live away, then you, you're allowed to claim money for like a meal um, well, oh, yeah, in, yeah. in the Hague. But Some there's another sort of basic there's another, expenses. Yeah. There's another there's another travel expense uh, to actually get from somewhere like Maastricht, somewhere that's more than 150 kilometers away, back and forth to the Hague. And this is the one he's claiming on. And you can get, I think it's about 24,000 euros a year if you claim yeah. You know, constantly. Yeah. Constantly.
0: And 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 Kraus, he claims that he lives in Heerle, which yeah. is. I mean, further away from the HQ can It's about be. as far away as you can get. It's yeah, right so down by the border. That's balling. why he, uh, he, he, he gets so much money.
1: Yeah, I, 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 was, I was annoyed the other week and in, 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 we were having a discussion about uh, Dion Graus uh, in our app group, as we often do. And uh, <laughs> my autocorrect changed his surname <laughs> to Fraud. So and now I think my autocorrect but that maybe was ahead of the game. This yeah, was this before, before yeah. this happened. Yeah. Why,
0: were, why were we discussing him then? Yeah, yeah, I we, we, we often discuss we the often. for various reasons. Yeah. <laughs> That's
1: Something strange. to do with his animal rights. But he, he, he's <laughs> yeah. a colourful character. Actually. He's a very
0: colourful character, yeah. even though he dresses mostly in black. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> this week we bring you the shock news that a populist right-wing party has been beset by infighting. Steph Block comes under pressure to ban an anti-gay American preacher from the country. The Eredivisie heads for its most thrilling finish in years. And tourists are told to stop trampling the tulips. In our discussion, we'll look ahead to the nation's favourite street party, King's Day.
0: The founders of the Forum for Democracy party appear to be embroiled in a power struggle following the party's big wins in the provincial elections last month. This weekend, co-founders and forthcoming Forum Senate leader Hank Otten gave an interview to NSA newspaper. In the interview, he criticized the party for moving too much into a far-right direction and the party's frontman Thierry Baudet for demanding too much attention for himself, especially at the night of the elections when Baudet delivered his infamous Owl of Minerva speech. Otten also highlighted disagreements over the EU and a possible nexit, which Otten opposes but Baudet favors, and the left-wing indoctrination at schools and universities hotline.
1: Yeah, and this wasn't the end of the story, was it? Because after this interview came out, which is last weekend in the NRC, uh, there was uh, various other developments involving Hank Cotton, right?
0: Yeah, let's run through them all. Yes. On Monday, Alton announced he was stepping down as the party's treasurer, stating that it was too difficult to t- combine the position with his other p- uh, party campaigns and forthcoming Senate rule. But then on Wednesday, Thierry Boudet announced, very Trump-like on Twitter, <laughs> that Alton was also stepping down as a party worker in the Tweede Kamer, where he had been active since 2017. Officially, this decision was made because it uh, would be awkward to be on both the payrolls of the lower and the upper houses, but the timing, at least, was very <laughs> suspicious mm. especially because the decision was made by the party board of which Otten is a member <laughs> while Otten was uh, unaware of the decision and he was also informed by Twitter just like uh, the rest of us.
1: Yeah so the first he knew that uh, he was resigning was when Thierry Baudet put a tweet out saying that Hank Otten is resigning with honour. Exactly. From <laughs> yeah. F- very as, Trump-like. Uh, treasurer of the Forum yes, for Democracy. Yes. Uh, no he was, so uh, he was he stepped he, down he, no, he, voluntarily, voluntarily as treasurer. Yes but Baudet, so, no, Baudet tweeted that he, that he had volunteered to step down but that was Actually, the first that Austin knew about it, right?
0: Yeah, well, (laughs) as the treasurer, he he knew he was stepping down. But as the party uh, aide for the Tweede Kamer, that was totally a surprise. Yeah. But he has a lot of roles, which is yes. which might be confusing. But yeah. he's so probably just
1: lost track of which particular jobs he has at any one time. Yeah, and exactly. he's all more coming up of course because he was originally the, the leader of their list of candidates for the Senate, wasn't he? But he still is. Still, yeah. He still is. <laughs> yes. But it doesn't didn't stop here because it was revealed on Thursday that
0: Hank Otten stole money from the party fund uh, funds uh mm-hmm. and, and uh, transferred it to his own accounts. <laughs> and that was the whole reason why you know, well, the question now is: What happened first? Yeah. Was it first discovered that he uh, stole this money from the party funds, and then um, delivered the uh, the interview as yes. a sort of as a smokescreen, as a smokescreen, yeah. or is or did uh, the party reveal that he did this after he
1: yeah. started criticizing the party? So it's all chicken and egg. Did they start looking into his financial affairs after he would delivered this critical interview? Yeah, exactly.
0: And then um, um, Theo Hidema demanded that uh, uh, Otter should resign from the party board as well, because he's also on the party board. Uh, But uh, Otter (laughs) wrote the rules regarding, you know, when can someone be kicked off from the board (laughs) or not. And uh, he wrote it in such a way that nobody could basically send
1: off anyone from the party board. So no one could actually be sacked from the board. Nobody can be sacked. So he can only be... Um, you know, uh, you're know, going to be asked to... Uh, asked to or, you're going to be some persuaded to, to, to volunteer to step down. Exactly. Yeah. And then
0: Hank Otter tweeted last night, on Thursday night, that he will resign from the party board. He stated that the character assassination by Baudet and the other board members is the main reason for his resignation. And he also promised luckily for us, <laughs> to reveal details of the uh, inner workings of the party at an appropriate time. That will be interesting. That will be very yes. interesting. And it's still unclear if Otto will also give up his place as the number one FA Day Senate can- candidate, because, yes. you know, he's still the number one uh, for that. Um, uh, and, uh, yeah, he's set to lead 13 uh, FA MPs. Um <laughs> Uh, yes. but yeah that will be
1: very awkward Attempt, yeah. and the Senate election is at the end of May isn't it so they've yeah. got to decide pretty soon whether or not they have Otten as the lead of, uh, the head of the list well, or they find somebody else they can't do anything
0: about mm-hmm. it but because the list is already confirmed it of was course, confirmed yeah. last week so mm-hmm. yeah they have nothing uh, they can't do anything yeah. about it he's, he's on the list and uh, as long as he stays on the list mm-hmm. he will be on the
1: list yeah so, um, and what's Thierry Bidet said about these latest developments? We don't know, because all of a sudden <laughs> he
0: was unavailable to uh, to comment because, uh, yeah, he got food poisoning.
1: It must be really bad food poisoning to stop Thierry Bidet's tweeting. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, 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 and what a day to miss uh, yes. in, in The Hague uh, yesterday. Cruel yeah. coincidence, fair to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And amidst of this, of course, there is more op-hef, I see, relating to Dion house That's true,
0: because yes. in the aftermath of the Dion Gauss op which we discussed uh, uh, earlier, uh, journalists started digging into... To whether other MPs receive similar compensations, while in reality living closer to The Hague uh, uh, than they actually say they do, mm. and they found out that Theo Hidema, the number two of the FvD, and also the the other FvD MP, receives a similar amount for officially living in Maastricht, while he actually stays most of the time in Amsterdam. It's
1: amazing how many MPs just happen to live in the town that's furthest away from the. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> uncanny yeah. how that works. So and much. and Hidema <laughs> defended himself, saying that
0: he didn't know he received the money and he wasn't aware he gets twenty-four thousand euros uh, more every year than he should be mm-hmm. which is absolutely normal and not elitist at all absolutely not no no, yeah. no
1: i think if i become an mp uh, I, I will base myself in bonaire because i feel like they're <laughs> underrepresented there and fly back and forth daily. Yeah, yeah, yeah 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 yeah. you should foreign affairs minister steph block is under pressure to ban homophobic american preacher stephen anderson from entering the country Anderson has said he believes gay people should receive the death penalty, celebrated a terrorist attack at a gay bar in 2016 in Orlando in which fifty people died, and just for good measure, he's also questioned whether the Holocaust happened Oh,
0: nice guy so yeah,
1: um Anderson has been banned from Britain, but he's visiting Ireland and Sweden and also plans to visit Amsterdam on may the twenty third but not everyone's happy with this, obviously gay rights organizations COC, or MPs from all sides of parliament, and Amsterdam's mayor Fumke Halsema have all said Anderson should not be allowed in. Block has said he was disgusted by Anderson's, quote, terrible public statements, but as there's no visa policy for American nationals, his case has been referred to the Justice and Security Ministry. Has he been banned from uh, anywhere else? Yes, um, Stephen Anderson was declared persona non grata in Botswana. Okay. <laughs> um, after He, he went, on, went on a radio show there and called for gay people to be killed. Um, at that point he was deported. Uh, South Africa cool. has also said he's not welcome. Uh, and a fun fact as well, he organised a what he calls a soul-winning mega-marathon. Apparently he, he, he's in the business of winning souls, he says. Wow. Um, but, you, but you know what date he chose for this um, global event? Uh, no. I think of an appropriate date for a, a date that a Holocaust denier might um, choose uh, for a, a big public event. Uh, was it uh, Hitler's birthday? It was Hitler's birthday. <laughs> oh, really? Yes, really? The <laughs> April, yes. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> oh. So this enlightened chap may or may not be coming to Amsterdam on May the 23rd. I like to think he'll come and they'll do what they did when Vladimir Putin visited a few years ago. Oh, well, what did they, they do they, again? Just, they hung out rainbow flags all over the city, uh, just everywhere, including uh, the town uh, hall uh, 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 and uh. just about every public building that, they could, uh, that you could have a flag from all hung the rainbow flag
0: yeah he uh, came to amsterdam to open the uh, hermitage uh, museum that's right yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, i mean uh, obviously this person has very despicable and very terrible opinions but yeah is that reason to ban someone from a country uh i don't know
1: uh i think it's the fact that he, his when he actually talks about people being put to death and that's you're getting mm. into the area of of, of yeah. up hatred you're not just expressing an opinion you're actually inciting violence yeah yeah that's uh, that, i would that, say that, that, that crosses the line yeah me too yeah. definitely <laughs>
0: Dutch MPs are calling for a reduction in the number of night flights to and from Amsterdam Schiphol Airport. Some parties are even calling for a total ban. Last year 32,000 nighttime takeoffs and landings took place, but this number has been increasing. Coalition party D66 wants a total ban and points out that the limits on nighttime flights for surrounding international airports are much lower. Heathrow in London allows 5,500 night flights a year and Charles de Gaulle in Paris 5,800, while Frankfurt does not allow night takeoffs at all. Right-wing Liberal Party VVD said decisions first need to be taken about Lelystad Airport, which the government wants to open to commercial traffic next year. Scrapping of flights is an option, but you have to look wider because it could lead to more pressure during the day, the VVD said. Kalam said last year that a ban on night flights would threaten its charter airline Transavia, which mostly flies in the early hours.
1: So all this relies a lot on um, Lelystad Airport uh, being open for business, which seems like it'll never happen.
0: Um, there's so many objections to well, it. It's
1: already overdue, isn't it? It, it is, it is open overdue, but
0: yeah. um, it looks like the new coalition uh, in the uh, Flevoland province, um, uh, they decided on opening uh, Flevoland Airport. So uh, now they have the political backing that right. they need. So that might uh, 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 lead to a faster opening of Lelystad Airport. Yeah. And they decided to open it uh, despite, um, you know, protest and yeah, despite uh, demonstrations.
1: People, people, so despite the sad trampoline protests. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah i forgot about the trampoline yes. protest
0: yeah yeah how could i forget, exactly. how you forget this, this, one this great is also paths, one of these yeah. nostalgic all it is yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah this Sester says uh, we don't need these night flights because uh, at night mostly um, uh, uh, freight uh, cargo um, airlines uh, land and take off but i mean these flights they say these flights are not necessary for the hub position of Schiphol which is true mm. but you no know, these freight uh, cargo flights these are important for the national economy well exactly yeah, yeah. Uh, um, w- uh, the tulips we uh, will be talking about later in this yeah. podcast they are you know they have to f- be flown um, yeah. to the rest of the world and when are you flying them when yeah. uh, when night. passengers
1: aren't uh, yeah, so, yeah, aren't traveling yeah so, so yes, I th-
0: think it's a very bad idea to ban these at all I mean a limit is is, is probably a sensible thing to do yeah um, but uh, the limit now is 20,000 20, flights a year, something like that. So yeah, that's just and too they're already much. up to the capacity,
1: aren't they? That's, yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. But
0: I mean, scrapping uh, scrapping the night flights—that's just a very terrible terrible idea.
1: Yeah, but on the other hand, you have got to balance out uh, the fact that people live in the area because you're in a small country. There's not very much open space. You're always going to have people living quite close to the airport. Exactly, and most of the people that live around be.
0: Schiphol, they live there because of the airport because they work there or they work at uh, companies that are uh, that are dependent on the on the airport. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, but they still need to sleep. They still need to sleep. <laughs> so, so a limit is sensible, but just banning the whole thing—that's um, no. They shouldn't do that. No,
1: and there's some ground-based trans. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Um, Railway infrastructure company
0: ProRail announced it will invest three and a half billion euros in building new train stations and upgrading existing ones in the coming years. ProRail plans to build 20 new stations, mostly close to residential areas, and all 402 existing train stations will get new furniture, improved accessibility for disabled people and... um, For disabled and blind people, and new waiting areas. There will also be invested in more bike stalls, which number will grow from and they they said this in the in the press release a yeah. very specific amount yes. of five hundred fifty four thousand seven hundred and seventy three
1: bike stalls. I like the idea that someone's actually gone around the country counting every single bike stall. Someone did this, yeah. yeah I, and I, the, I, in the course of counting, surely one of them, at least one, will have been broken somewhere, <laughs> exactly. or you know, sort of squeezed up so you can't get a bike in how, there How anymore. do you how do you count those? <laughs> yes. Yeah, these are these are one of the mysteries of
0: ProRail, <laughs> but they will increase it to seven hundred thousand yeah. uh, bike stalls, um, and some of them will be fully autom- automated with robots parking. Uh, Your bike. Ah, intriguing. So that's uh, so you just give your bike
1: to the robot and it puts it in a slot for you. Yes,
0: uh, I imagine the robot will uh, will uh, will look like Steph Block (laughs) for some reason. I don't know why. (laughs) That would be comforting. Yeah, and on top of this, ProRail announced it expects to have twenty percent less delays in 2019 compared to last year. Right, but
1: that's before they get the new train stations, which will almost certainly cause more delays. Definitely. Yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) I mean, uh, uh, yeah, the 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 train network in the Netherlands reads. It's, it's incredibly congested, it's f- and incredi- you can't avoid it in a country this size. No, no. But
1: I think it work, works remarkably well, given the constraints that it's operating under. <music> to sport now, Ajax and PSV Eindhoven are still level-pegging in what's become the closest Eredivisie title race in years. PSV coasted to a 3-0 win at Willem II on Thursday night, after Ajax had dispatched Vitesse Arnhem 4-2 at home on Tuesday. Ajax also took their goal tally to 160 in all competitions. That eclipses the record set in the 1980-81 season by Azat Alkmaar. Oh, that's a very unlikely record holder. Yes, he wouldn't have thought it was them. That's the year they got to the UEFA Cup final and lost to Ipswich Town. Oh, OK. Which never uh, another unlikely uh, uh, for a fact <laughs> yes indeed. Uh, Ajax will play at least five more games this season, including the cup final against Willem Tve and the Champions League semi-final against Tottenham Hotspur over two legs. And the next round of Eredivisie fixtures has been postponed to May the fifteenth, to give Ajax time to prepare for their European clash. And there is what would have been the last round of fixtures uh, now happening on on May the twelfth as scheduled. So there's going to be a bit of a break. Before the next year of the ah, okay. games, yeah, and there, was yeah. Why, uh, the is, uh, there was a
0: little bit of upheav Why the KNVB is there was a little bit of Yeah,
1: one person was particularly annoyed, which is Robin van Persie, who had been expecting to play his last game for Feyenoord at the end of his long career at home, but now that they've um, switched ah. the games, he he's he's, he's going to finish with an away fixture. Ah, and yeah, he was a bit sad. upset by that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I see that. And there was uh, some drama in Zwolle last week. Uh, this week there was, yes, Picks Wolle and Groningen will have to finish their match on Monday after Wednesday night's game was abandoned after 57 minutes because of a thunderstorm. Oh yeah, referee Martin Kerkhoff ordered the players off the field and then said afterwards there was no chance of before restarting the, of the game before the field became a Kerckhoff of course. Before <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's very well named, well named referee <laughs> before anyone got struck by lightning. And Kerkoerov is cemetery
0: in the, in, in, the, in Dutch. Yes, yeah. uh,
1: he, he said afterwards there was no chance of restarting the game before eleven o'clock, and with given that there were another thirty minutes to play, that would have been too late, and uh, you know people would have been late getting up for work in the morning. And the mayor of Svalle, Henk Jan Meyer, has said there aren't enough police available at the. Weekend, so the match can't finish on Saturday or Sunday because they're all busy with Koningstad. Okay, so how are they going to solve this, then? Well, they're going to play on Monday, but uh, oh, the, okay. Monday next week, Monday uh, evening. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, but some of the fans are a bit upset about that because, of course, they wanted the game to be played in the weekend rather than to, fans from Koning have to travel all the way to Svolvaer for to watch thirty-three minutes of football on yeah, a Monday night. Yeah, I would stay at home. I think. Yeah, I think so. Especially if uh, you, you're going to be to uh, end up in a kerkhof. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Vandals on the Wadden
0: Island of Tessel have damaged two ancient boulders by painting symbols and throwing paint over them. The boulders, which are thought to be some 500 million years old, were found in the ground in the Wallenburg Nature Reserve and weigh 7 tons and 4.5 and tons respectively. The Tessel local authorities decided to raise the boulders and put them on, the, on show beside a cycle path and last Friday removed the work fences to uh, make them accessible to the public. The incident took place the next day. Yeah, it was really weird, and 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 apparently they used very very a large amount of paint. Yeah, and quite they
1: colorful paints. Well, they used different colors, didn't they? I wonder if Jackson Pollock was uh, the ghost of Jackson Pollock had uh, had appeared on Tesla or something and Yeah, boulders, yeah exactly. But they used
0: uh, several buckets of paint, so yeah, yeah. it might be, it might uh, that might suggest that it was um, you know pl- planned action, yeah, uh, or someone was just done finishing his fences and, and <laughs> thought a, well there's some paint uh, left over let's uh, throw it over these boulders and I also have to point out that the Dutch word for boulder is a much nicer word yes it doesn't happen that very often that the Dutch <laughs> word is nicer than the English word but in Dutch it's zwerfkei that's a nice word Yes. Which translates to it's uh, a "drifting stone." Drifting stone. Yeah.
1: yeah. So uh, that's that's a that's a nice word. I think. Yeah, indeed. Um, but nobody's carrying responsibility for this, have they? So if it was a protest, and we don't we're in the dark about what kind of protest it might have been. No, yeah,
0: yeah. They, 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 they painted some symbols on it, but nobody yeah. knows what these symbols are. Yes. So.
1: Unless they're signaling to aliens or something. Or, <laughs> yeah. or to Dion Gauss. <laughs> Dion Gauss will understand it. Yeah, the, 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 maybe he's claiming as his new home. <laughs> so w- will, he, will he get uh, travel compensation <laughs> for uh, Tesla? Uh, I think so. D- yes, I think he's. Well, yeah. yeah, is it far enough from The Hague? Yeah. Probably. If you go to the <laughs> north end of the island, if you go to the, the Coxdorp. It's <laughs> a very well named village. One of the Netherlands' most famous tourist attractions has been a victim of its own success this Easter weekend. Visitors were told to stay away from the Kokenhof bulb fields after around 200,000 people visited the region over the four day break. That's two and a half times as many as last year when Easter was three weeks earlier. Bart Siemerink, director of the Kokenhof, said the situation had become, quote, completely unacceptable and was compounded by visitors stopping by the roadside to take pictures of the fields. The tourist board Visit Holland said a million visitors were expected to visit the country during the break, while 350,000 Dutch people went on day trips. A similar plea was made at the Kinderdijk windmills, where heritage organisation SWAK said parking had become virtually impossible and the surge in traffic was making the roads unsafe. Yeah, it was really crazy to see, because
0: I last week I uh, was talking to someone and I said, you know the Keukenhof. That's not a place that's visited that often by Dutch people, especially Kinderdijk as well. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> I heard that they are urging people not to come <laughs> because, <laughs> please do not come because it's way too busy here. Yeah. So apparently, it's uh, it's also very popular with uh, with Dutch people. So apparently, Dutch people do go to the Keukenhof. Yeah. Apparently, Kinderdijk. they do, and yeah. especially with uh, with Easter. So, um, uh, why else have tourists been uh, causing upheaval amid the tulips?
1: Uh, well, flower growers complain that people are trampling the flowers down in the. D- in their determination to get uh, to take selfies in the fields, <laughs> and some owners have even put barriers up and advertising hoardings with instructions telling people to keep off the flowers and to be respectful of their heritage. Simon Penning's from Nordvagerhald said he'd suffered €10,000 of damage last year from visitors who destroyed one of his plots, and around 40 ambassadors who are mainly guides and retired farmers. <laughs> Volunteers have been recruited to teach visitors about the history of the fields and remind them, and remind them to uh, to not walk on the flowers. Basically,
0: for a moment, I thought Pete Hoekstra would be uh, walking around <laughs> in the fields, urging people not to. Um Maybe he should... Uh, maybe his, uh, his solution would be to, to build a wall around... Uh, around and there will certainly be a wall involved somehow. In yeah, the, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And uh, have you been to the Keukenhof for the Kinderdijk uh, this year?
1: Uh, I've been to Kinderdijk this year. Yes, um, I, I broke my <laughs> Kinderdijk duck. I, I felt uh, obliged to take my children to see the windmills. Okay. And I've also yesterday, well, Thursday, um, my parents were visiting because it's a school holiday and they took one of my children to the Kökenhof. Was it uh, just as, as busy well. as it was during Easter? It had calmed down a bit because it was back during the working week. Hmm. So it wasn't quite as bad, uh, yeah. but uh, and also it was a bit, it was a bit cloudy and wet, so fewer people went. Yeah, that's true. Yeah.
0: Uh, I wonder how many tulips are uh, trembled at uh, the Keukenhof. It'd be interesting. Yeah, but maybe be- if it was so crowded, it must have been. Uh, yeah, it must be problem the as if it's tulip fields. Yeah,
1: they should get the person who counted all the bike uh, stands <laughs> at the, at the <laughs> railway stations to count how many tulips have been <laughs> trampled, and we get a definitive number. <laughs> I'm sure <laughs> we'll get a very exact number uh, <laughs> uh, somewhere next week. We'll be giving you the lowdown on this year's King's Day celebrations after this word from our sponsors. Here in Holland is the podcast in English about life with the Dutch. Stories to make you laugh, cry, pull your hair out, or jump for joy. Every two weeks, available in your favourite podcast app, on Spotify, or at hereinholland.com. So, Paul, tell the listeners what we're eating right now. We
0: are eating a, a very delicious tumpus. Yes, and not not just a normal tumpus. Not just any old tumpus. It's, it's an orange a, tumpus. Yeah,
1: so tompoose with an orange topping. Yeah, and a little flag. Yeah, it's mm. and it's because
0: it's uh, it's the
1: Luxembourg flag. It is, it is actually the Luxembourg tag, yeah. you're right, yes. <laughs> um, right.
0: And this is because tomorrow, mm. yeah, actually tomorrow, it's yes, King's
1: Saturday. Day. Saturday is going indeed King's Day, it's a time of year again. when everybody heads down to Zeeman for a cheap orange t-shirt and some random <laughs> headgear, toasts the king in their local cafe, and then spends the next day trying to flog the contents of their attic to their neighbours while nursing a hangover. This year, King Willem-Alexander and Queen Maxima are visiting Amersfoort, where crowds will brave the rain to wish the king a happy birthday. So whether you're planning a late trip to the center of the country, or you just want to catch the atmosphere in Amsterdam, here's our guide to what to do and where to go. I'm, um, I'm going to take a bite of my delicious tompoose mm. before I'm going to ask you a question. It is very delicious, by the way. You should mention as well where you got these <laughs> tempouses from, because that is a very appropriate baker for it's, King's Day. Yeah, yeah. I, I
0: always get my, uh, my orajentompous there. It's a little bakery in, in the uh, city center of Delft. And in the um, 16th century, this building where this bakery is located was an inn. Mm. And uh, at that inn stayed one very famous person, Balthasar Gerard. Yes. Who is known for murdering Willem van Oranje, <laughs> William the Silent, mm. in uh, 1588. Yes. Which is um, actually the start of, of the Orange family in the Netherlands. It is. Uh, the, the,
1: the, they start off by one of them being shot. In what I believe was the first political assassination um, by gun, in, in was the world. it was world. Oh, okay, so, yes, yeah. and uh,
0: and uh, it was also the last political assassination uh, up until for Town was yes, murdered yeah. in 2002, I think. Yeah,
1: in the Netherlands. Yeah. yeah. So a very appropriately uh, royalist um, bakery that you choose for your hot tubbusses every year. It is. So why yeah. is uh,
0: Willem-Alexander and Maxima going to Amersfoort this year?
1: Well, every year the king and queen visit a different, they choose a different town to visit on King's Day. Uh, last year they went to Tilburg. Um, this year <laughs> uh, they've decided to pick Amersfoort. <laughs> so they're going around the real, the real hotspots <laughs> yeah, of the country. exactly. Yeah.
0: yeah, poor king going to Tilburg on your birthday. I know. It's awful. Who decided that for him? Yeah. yeah, so uh,
1: what is there to do in Amersfoort? Right, so the, the royal couple will be walking through the streets between 11 and 1 o'clock. Uh, the route they take will be just over a kilometre long. It <laughs> will go from the Kleine Haag and the Marienhof to the Aimplein. And along the way, they'll be entertained by local artists, musicians, and there'll be a quiz show as well, where the King will oh. be tested on his knowledge of Amersfoort, oh, wow. which I'm sure is extensive. <laughs> um, there'll be a performance of Tchaikovsky's ballet Swan Lake by a local dance school as well. What, a, as well. what has this to do with uh, Amersfoort? I've no idea, but uh, <laughs> it's just uh, what, what, what the dance school were doing, I think, this year. Mm. AIM is also the centre of the Koningsnacht festivities on Friday evening, because, of course, a big part of Koningsdag is the night before. Yeah, because you very sensibly, when you, when you have a national celebration, you get drunk the night before rather than get drunk on the night and then turn up for work the next morning. With exactly. So the yeah. the
0: actual holiday is there before your hangover, basically. Yeah. So it's, exactly. it's a hangover day. Yeah, it's hangover yeah. day.
1: Yeah, uh, that kicks off at seven o'clock on Friday night with the uh, DJ Hans Bautela, Diggy Dex and Kranchip Puppy. <laughs> Do you know any of these people? I know crunchy Puppy, unfortunately. Right. <laughs> oh, and Diggy Dex I know as well. Right. But Hans Buiten, DJ Hans Buiten, I mean, Okay, It's <laughs> a really weird name. I know, he sounds like one of the guys he did, did. You're not old enough to remember the holiday rap, wasn't it? Oh, um, was yeah. the holiday rap. Yeah, yeah okay. That, yeah, that was a Dutch duo. So there well. was, yeah. yeah. MC, Micah G, and DJ Sven. Yeah. Exactly. Um, Among the well-wishers will be 105-year-old Mrs. Werther Baumeister oh. I'll check all the local media. None of them say what her first name is. She's one of those people. Some people you know, <laughs> when you use their first name, you immediately know who you mean, but yeah. she only has last name. She's a Frau Hmm. Uh, she won't be joining the crowds in the streets, uh, but she'll be waving to the king and queen from a balcony on the St. Peter's and Blocklands House, which is on the route. Hmm. She did meet the royal couple when they visited Amersfoort the last time, two years ago. So, uh, maybe they'll recognise her and wave back. <laughs> and incidentally, there's some op about the King's Day timetable. Oh, really? Because the municipality of Amersfoort uh, made everybody who was involved in the celebrations sign a confidentiality clause <laughs> and they threatened them with a 25,000 euro fine if they leaked information to the media.
0: This is one of these things that <laughs> You know, sometimes people take themselves way too serious, yeah. and this is one of these. It is one of those situations. Yeah. yeah,
1: not least because actually they had no authorities to do this at all. They weren't allowed <laughs> to levy this fine, <laughs> and of course, a story was leaked certain, the news not about. The, the, the route of the King's Day procession, but, but about the fact that they had this gagging clause. So, and at that point, of course, the municipality backtracked and said, We're not going to impose it because hmm. it's illegal anyway. Can, you can prosecute people for leaking, but you can't just set your own fine, basically, as, a, as a, that, that was exceeding their powers. Hmm. So, so that, that was the op-hef about, um, uh, about King's Day in Amersfoort.
0: So, and how can people reach um, Amersfoort if they want to visit?
1: The city's advising people not to travel by car if they can help it. That's partly because many of the car parts will be closed because of security along the route. Mm. Um, but bus travel will be free. Oh. So you can get in and out of Amersfoort or I think that actually the Utrecht province is laying on free bus travel oh. for the day. Okay. So that's, if you're, nice. yeah, so that's nice. So you can park maybe outside Amersfoort and get a bus. Uh, you can go by bike, obviously, if you live nearby. But if you're arriving by bike, make sure you park in a designated area or it'll be taken away. <laughs> One uh, of these
0: 700,000... Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. 577,000 and uh, bike stalls uh, somewhere in the country.
1: Yeah, and NS is running a special rail timetable to Amersfoort as well, and uh, extended trains. So uh, they, they do expect a lot of people then. There's they... been quite a few people, I think, to get to Amersfoort. Well, it's quite central, isn't it? So you can get yeah, to true. Amersfoort from most places in quite a short time. That's true, yeah. yeah. So we'll include a link to the NS timetable in our line notes as well. Hmm. Uh, have you visited Amersfoort ever, Paul? Once, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think so.
0: Yeah, uh, they have a very nice city gate. They have a very unique city gate because right. it's a water gate and a city gate at once. Wow. So that's uh, that's the only thing I know <laughs> about. Oh, no. And, and uh, they have a church and the tower is still standing, but the rest of the church was destroyed by... I think it was used as a gunpowder storage really? and exploded. And the gunpowder all blew up. The gunpowder blew up and it destroyed the church, but the, the tower is still standing. Much mm. like in Utrecht, by the way, where mm. the, the rest of the church was destroyed by a tornado ah. in the 17th century. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah, Utrecht, so. have you uh, have you ever been to uh,
1: Utrecht? I've been to Utrecht. Yes. So uh, if you stand it, the
0: before the Dom tower, mm. then you notice that there is no church.
1: I I've no, noticed that. Yeah, the absence of the church. Yeah,
0: yeah. So the the, the back part of the church is still standing, and that's the mm-hmm. Dom church now. But the center of the church is is gone. They never rebuild it.
1: Right. Okay. Hmm. Is that when they introduced buildings insurance in (laughs) the (laughs) Netherlands? Think so, yeah. Uh, (laughs) That that, that might be,
0: yeah. So, um, yeah, that had nothing to do with uh, with King's Day at all. No, it didn't. Um, (laughs) uh, What's uh, happening uh, elsewhere in the country?
1: Well, as ever, there'll be the street markets all over the country um, and that's one of my favourite King's Day traditions, actually, the fact that people bring all their stuff down from their attic or their cellar and they try and sell it. Do you know why they're trying to sell it? Well, it's because there's a special rule, isn't there, that you can sell it without charging VAT. It's a one-day-of-the-year it's the most dutch type of celebration i can imagine you know, the, the people actually celebrate the fact they don't have to have to pay vat for exactly. for, for a second for a, like a second hand dvd and you know <laughs> some some clothes that don't fit their children
0: yeah and some jigsaw puzzles that are <laughs> with the pieces missing yeah, yeah exactly yeah. yeah
1: the busiest place to be on king's day is uh, is always amsterdam which always packs out with tourists from home and abroad uh, King's Night festivities also take place across the country. And of course, they're also followed by the famous mass cleanup. All the volunteers come out into the streets at one o'clock and just sweep everything clear so that everything looks spotless for the morning after. Yeah, yeah and there's uh, not a single sign of
0: orange uh, do or whatever <laughs> in, the, in the parks. Yeah, yeah. and you, you might also find some other tourists uh, a couple of days later in yeah. the city. Why is that?
1: Yeah, so th- this is now th- what has become a tradition be- because until King William Alexander became king, uh, King's Day was not King's Day, it was Queen's Day. Day, yeah. and Queen's Day was three days later on April the 30th. So every year now we find that a few tourists always turn up because they've got an out-of-date Lonely Planet Guide <laughs> and they turn up on the 30th of April expecting there to be mass celebrations and there's nothing. Yeah, so they, uh,
0: uh, <laughs> so they expect the city to be full of orange people and <laughs> yeah. then, uh, they are the only ones. But yeah, I'm, I'm sure there are a lot of cafes in Amsterdam and, uh, and mm. bars that will organise something for them yeah. because they have to pay, of course, VAT um, over that money. <laughs> do, but, yes, but, yeah. but still... Uh, they can lure some uh, vergist tourists that's the word that's the word yes vergist tourists yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm sure they found a way to cash in on the, these misguided people <laughs>
0: exactly yeah and uh, yeah on, on Twitter you you will see on April 30th which was the birthday of uh, Queen Juliana so mm. not the former queen but the queen before that you'll see all sorts of photos of German tourists or American yeah. tourists uh, standing outside Amsterdam Central <laughs> Station uh, looking bewildered yeah, around, in orange hats in orange hats <laughs> and fully dressed in orange yeah. and uh, not knowing not understanding what, what on Earth is happening because they are yeah. expecting everyone to be just as orange as yeah. they are
1: literally they're, they're too late for the party yeah. which is not like the Germans <laughs> usually, usually when the Germans come to the Netherlands they turn up on time <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's true <laughs> but the, yeah, they will be finished uh, within a couple of days though. so what's uh, the weather going to be like
1: yes this is the, um, the kind of spanner in the works the outlook's not good for Saturday uh, which sad. is often happens on King's Day doesn't it often, hmm. because it's at the end of April um, and the weather's a bit unreliable yeah. but uh, quite often they have uh, a spell of bad weather um, forecasters are Predicting heavy showers, strong southwesterly winds, and temperatures of fourteen to seventeen degrees, okay. which is actually quite normal for this time of year. Yeah. But still yeah. you want you want sun and you want some uh, you want some sunshine temperature that we have. You want to be able to walk about in your t shirts. Yeah. Your, exactly. your, your your bright new Zeeman orange <laughs> T shirt. Yeah. Yeah. And now you have to bring your your orange coats and uh, exactly, your orange yes. scarves. Your orange fleece. Yeah. Exactly. You always wear fleeces. <laughs> the warmest Queens Day on record, uh, was nineteen ninety three but it got up to 26.9 degrees at the weather station at De Bilt. So we're not going to be challenging that this year. No, unfortunately. So, Paul, what's what's your favourite King's Day tradition? Well, my favourite King's Day tradition is
0: that it's a national holiday and that means that I get paid 200% if I'm going to work. Ah. So that's why I will be working uh, tomorrow (laughs) the entire day, taking advantage of that. Yeah, Yeah, but usually it's it's just the, the king and the queen, they visit these... Terrible provincial towns, <laughs> and they have to suffer through all these stuff that uh, these people organized for them. Which, of course, is very nice that they did, but you know, mm. they're, they're usually they're very stupid and very boring. And yeah, um, so yeah. it's it's just fun to watch the king and queen suffer through <laughs> two hours of these Tilburg activities yeah, or yeah. Amersfoort activities. So um, yeah, that's that's my favorite part of
1: King's yeah. Day. So it's all about really the province, the provinces uh, finding ways to ruin the king's birthday. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That. Yeah, yeah. There is a one famous incident <laughs> A couple of years ago, when uh, Willem
0: Alexander participated in a uh, competition of uh, throwing a toilet seat as far as possible, and there is this very terrible photo of him uh, throwing a, an orange toilet seat in close-up. But he—he's doing his best, but so his face is is red and oh, is a terrible, <laughs> terrible photo. Yeah. So, I don't know where it was, but uh, there are definitely some photos on. Uh, on we, we will include this in the uh, in the we'll podcast look photo. Yes, yeah, we will look it up. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that's my favorite part of King's Day. And uh, you mm. already said that uh, you like the uh, activities was... in the park, the free market.
1: Yeah, the the street markets, um, just walking up and down the local streets and seeing what kind of stuff people are trying to pass off to their yeah yeah it's, 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 it's always uh, part stuff. of the
0: fun is uh, is to see w- what on earth people are thinking when yeah. they are trying to sell this junk to people why, yeah. you, you think why are you trying to do this but I
1: strongly suspect there's a kind of carousel effect where you know people take out the stuff that they bought last year or that <laughs> more likely their their partners bought last year and they and they never <laughs> wanted Yeah, that, now they're putting yeah. it out trying to sell it to the next uh, that might be true yeah and the um, next victim and what what I like about
0: the free market <laughs> is that it brings out the creativity of a lot of people so mm. they invent games they invent mm. um that's true. all sorts of uh, creative games of, or, or yeah, so attractions or they, br- or they bring out that. little homemade
1: cakes and yeah and exactly that. yeah.
0: that's that's yeah. also very nice and um uh, or children playing their musical instruments for example uh, mm. that that m- can sometimes be very nice mm. but sometimes uh, be uh, not so very nice no <laughs> yeah but unfortunately the weather is uh
1: is not so cooperative it like it's not gonna be quite, quite no, as good no, and it, it no. does kind of depend on that doesn't it yeah yeah That's all we have for you this week. This podcast is a production of Dutch News, which can be found online at dutchnews.nl. We'll include links to everything we've talked about today in the liner notes. You can get in touch with us by email to podcast at dutchnews.nl. And if you want to help us out, please subscribe to the podcast and leave us a rating. You can also now back us on Patreon at patreon.com slash DutchNewsNL, and you'll earn yourself a free shout-out on the podcast, and you'll have the chance to ask us a question. My thanks to Bell Peters, not to Molly Quell. There's no podcast next week. Uh, we'll be back again on May the 10th. <music>